Today we're going to be uh, teaching on a teaching called Serving God, and the title of it is God's Plan and Pattern. Um, we're taking a break from our Ephesians, the Sit, Walk, and Stand series. But what we're going to talk about today is serving God. And a true measure of a person's faith is not found in what he or she professes, what they say, but it's more about their lifestyle, their walk, and their actions. And it's about God's plan and pattern of service in our lives. So today we're going to be looking at Joshua in Joshua 24, verse 15. And this contains one of the most well-known verses in the entire Old Testament. And it says this. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. I have it on the screen. But for, for as me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Amen? And this implies something very obvious. It implies that we all have choices about who or what we're going to serve. Having all these choices about who or what we're going to serve is nothing new. The people of Israel could have served the gods of the Canaanites, but they chose to serve God instead. And Joshua says, me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And today we have choices as well on who we will serve. You know, one of the most common questions that as a pastor that we get are, why am I here? And what is my purpose? And also, why should I serve the Lord? So why should we serve the Lord? Well, all we have to do to answer that question is go to the most basic sense of what it is, going back to the beginning of the Bible, the beginning of creation. In Genesis 2.15, it says this, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. We're created to work. We were created to work and serve God. And when we see our purpose that we were created to serve, and it all started at the very beginning of creation in the Garden of Eden, and it continues on today for us because we all work, right? We work at our place of employment, and some of us possibly look forward to that retirement, or what about that 401k, or that long-lost friend, the pension. Pensions are pretty much gone nowadays. Some people still have them. But when we work for our companies for those years, we're looking forward to that when we retire. Well, there's a same principle that applies to working for the kingdom of God. When we work for the kingdom of God, there is a principle that God tells us. In Colossians 3.23, it says this, Whenever you do, Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. The first thing I want to point out there, it's about our heart condition. It's about working with all of our heart for the Lord in everything that we do. The background of Colossians 3.23 is simply that God's word is very clear on the condition. It's about our heart. And Paul uses this verse. He's talking about the bond servants, the earthly, the slaves that were serving earthly masters. Remember, in Rome, they had slaves. And these slaves had no rights and they had no justice at all. And Paul's saying these instructions are to the Christians, these bond servants now. And this concept he presents as Howard phrase is a very general way 
But this principle applies to all believers who work and serve. And the good news for us, that those who work and serve the Lord, is the promise from God. And we live by the promises of God, don't we? We live by the promises of God's word, not the explanations of the world. And what his promise is, that there is an inheritance that awaits each and every one of us from God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. There is an inheritance. So the point I'm trying to make here is we're serving for our eternal rewards. We're serving for eternal rewards because God has created everything and he's the center of it all. And throughout Scripture, we see God's people working at everything. We see them, they were building the tabernacles. They were rebuilding Jerusalem, just to name a few. But God provides instructions and directions, a plan and a purpose for each one of our lives that's guided by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit guides us with love and purpose, a meaning, and there's significance in this for all of us. He, we want to make sure that at the end of our journey of service, that we've made a difference in the people's lives that we've encountered on a daily basis. But most of all, we want to bring glory to God. Our mission statement says we exist to glorify God. That's why we're here. In everything we do, we glorify God. And all of us want to hear on the day that we, our good Lord calls us home, right? On our homecoming, what do we want to hear? Well done, good and faithful servant, each and every one of us. God's original design and desire is that our work and our worship would be a seamless way of living, glorifying God. We're created to serve God with all of our hearts. So I have a question for you. Are you serving God or are you serving yourself, serving your own self-interest? In everything that you do, do you do it for you or do you do it for God? Working for man sometimes can bring out pride. It produces pride in us. But working for God brings out a spirit of humility in everything that we do. Serving God has a reward, an inheritance. So we work in all these different kinds of ways. Whatever you do, whatever kind of work you're doing, work at it with all of your heart as for the Lord, with a Christ-like character, with honesty, with diligence, integrity, and most of all, humility, keeping our minds set on the things above, keeping our eyes focused on Jesus, and then we will experience the true joy that God wants for each and every one of us. And that true joy is spending eternity with Jesus. Remember, I've said it before, when we get to heaven, heaven's not the prize. The prize is Jesus, and we get to spend eternity with him. Keep our eyes focused on him. And when our eyes are focused on him and above the circumstances that we're in, we're better able to serve him and others. And ultimately, this is our duty and our pleasure to serve God and to glorify him. Has God ever asked you to do anything difficult? Has he ever asked you to do anything difficult? Well, if you want to see something difficult, look in the Bible. Look up Noah. Look for Noah. There's something difficult. There was something difficult. And sometimes God asks us to do things that are difficult, that are sometimes painful. But out of pain, we grow. There's growing pains. And you'll be so blessed 
by following the Lord, by serving him in everything. Everything we do has a blessing from our Lord, and there's an inheritance to it, and that's what he says. We'll get a reward for that, and we'll experience what it is to serve in the kingdom of God for his glory, and we will continue to grow. And we need to do the best at everything that we're doing. And why do we need to do the best? Because it says this, since you know you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. And the point I'm trying to make, I found it was in 1 Peter 4.10. It says this, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Amen. Everything we do is for that. Serving is a form of worship, a way to express gratitude for what Jesus has done in each one of our lives. And he's done a lot in our lives, hasn't he? True service has little to do with what comes out of our mouths, but true service is what comes out of our lives, how we live our lives, how we serve the Lord. Some people are well aware of their abilities and their giftings, but they don't use them for the kingdom of God. And Peter is addressing both groups, the people that use their gifts and the people that don't use their gifts. And everyone has a gift. And I want you to know you need to find out what your gift is and use it. That's what God is calling us to do. Remember this earlier this year, we talked about the spiritual reflection tool. We had a spiritual reflection tool. It's on our website. And when you go into that, it'll allow you to find out what your giftings are. And what is your gift? You need to use that gift. I want to encourage you to do that. Serving in the church is the best blessing that you will ever have. And each one of us should look at those giftings and look at those gifts to serve God and to serve others, to be faithful. God is so faithful to us even when we're not faithful to him. He is so faithful. And we need to be good stewards of God's grace in all its forms. And we should want to fulfill God's purpose for us here on earth. And this statement helped the early church know how to live both individually and collectively, that they would serve to glorify God. You might ask, how is God glorified by us serving our gifts? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. When we use our gifts, God's glorified because people see Jesus in us. People will see Jesus in us, and they will see God's grace, his love, and his mercy coming through us. And they will praise God for the help that they're receiving. I think that sometimes that Peter might have been thinking of the words of Jesus when he was saying this. In Matthew 5, 16, it says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Live and serve others so others see God in our lives. That's the point. Others need to see Jesus in our lives. And this reminds us of the importance of our actions, how we live. Let our light shine. Let it be visible to other people. Let our good deeds show the love of Christ through the darkness and lead people right into the loving arms of Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter 2.9, this is the King James Version. It says this, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
a peculiar people. Do you know you're all peculiar? We're all peculiar, aren't we? Because we don't live like the world lives. We live differently than what the world does. And as a Christ follower, our lives should be radically and totally changed because of the encounter that we've had with Jesus Christ. Our lives should show a difference. We should be shining a light bright into a dark world, telling them about the love of Jesus Christ. We're to live differently, to serve our Lord. We're to called to serve our Lord and others. And when they see our lives and they hear the words that come out of our mouths and they observe our walk and our service, they won't say anything about you because it's not about you. It's about Christ in you. It's about Christ in you. And we're reminded in this next verse that everything that we do is viewed through God's eyes, not through man's eyes. In Proverbs 14, 23, it says, All hard work brings profit, but mere talk only leads to poverty. Church, as of today, we must line up our serving practices and our ethics to line up with God's standards. And what he says, the true measure of a person's faith is not found in what he or she professes as much as it is their lifestyle, their walk, and their actions. We walk out our faith. It's not just about lip service. It's about our service to our Lord to, so that he receives the glory. And what happens then? We receive an inheritance, but we also receive spiritual growth. We continue to grow, building up the body of Christ, other people, and this inheritance that we'll receive at the end of our journey. The question that we all must ask ourselves and look at inwardly is this. Do we want to make a difference, and do we want to be the difference? Do we want to be the difference in a dark world to shine our light for Christ? And the difference starts with a mindset of knowing that in everything that we do must be done for our Lord and not for man. The point I'm trying to make here is this, that man's reward is short-lived, but God's reward is everlasting. It's eternal. Everything that we do has eternal ramifications. Our ultimate reward are to be with God, not to be rewarded by the human beings that we serve for just a very short time. And Christian conduct should extend to everything that we do in all aspects of our life. It comes down to the littlest thing is cleaning dishes or maybe cleaning a restroom. And what this means, what this implies with all of our heart is an enthusiasm and a passion that we have for serving our Lord and serving people in everything that we do. Demonstrating a good work attitude makes a tremendous difference in our lives, but it also makes a tremendous difference in the influence on people when they see our witness. It's an issue of our character and our fear for God. In everything that we do, um, tell you a quick story. I walk every morning, and um, I'm out in the mornings. And the other day, after it rained real hard, do you guys ever hear the frogs? And do you guys hear those? Can that be annoying or what? It can. So I'm walking, and these frogs are just going at it, and I got mosquitoes coming around my head, worms going across the street, and it's like. Why is all this stuff here? What's going on? It's so annoying. 
And I thought about it, and it's like, this is God's plan. This is his design. Each and every person and each and every creature has a design from God that he's going to use, and we're no different. God has a plan for each one of our lives, and he wants us to use that for his glory. You know, one of the first uh, positions that I ever served in in the church was greeting at the door. I love to greet at the door. And what I've done, what I've noticed that through greeting at the door, I've made so many relationships with different people, and they've lasted through the years. But it doesn't matter what you do for the Lord as long as you do it with all your heart. And you have passion to do that. You can be behind the scenes doing stuff or you can be out front doing things and that's okay. Whatever it is, just do it for the Lord. It's one of the seven disciplines. Remember, we talked about those this fall. We talked about those seven disciplines. It's about joining a serve team. It's about joining a serve team, our reasonable service to our Lord. So I want to encourage you to join a serve team. Fill out a volunteer application and that. So as we move on, in Colossians 3.23, there were three principles that I want to point out to us when it comes to serving God. And the first principle of this is it says, whatever you do, whatever you do ultimately is God for God himself. So whatever we do, here's the principle that there is nothing that we can do that we shouldn't do for God's glory. Everything. If there's an activity, whether some sort of rest or relaxation, service to our community, or the church, or vocation of work, it should all be done for God's sake. And the second one is, work at it with all your heart. Have passion at what you're doing. You know, I used to work for Ring Power years ago. It's a Caterpillar dealership. And one of the sayings that we had there was, we don't have time to do it right, but we have time to do it again, right? We don't have time to do it right, but we have time to do it over that shouldn't be the way we look at things, should it? Have you heard it said, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And that's what we should do. Our Christian walk should be done right. It's a godly principle, and we should do that. And we should seek to live our lives that not one minute is gone to waste, that everything we do is for God's glory. And the last thing is working for Lord, our Lord and not for man. Keeping God and his ways in mind is a prime motivation for our work, and it will help us accomplish that work. But here's the thing. We can't really accomplish anything on our own, can we? It's not about what we can do, but it's about what the Holy Spirit can do through us. The Holy Spirit enables us to do our work. He guides us and he directs us. Remember, we're a new creation in Christ. And understanding what it means to be created in God's image. Following him daily, saying, Jesus, I surrender to your will in my life. Our ultimate authority comes from God. Knowing this will enable us to do all our work and our service for his glory. And the point I'm trying to make here is this. Jesus rules by his self-giving love and grace and his sacrifice to each and every one of us. And we're called to be like Jesus. That's how we should serve as well. Not only were we created to serve, but we were called to serve as well. In Deuteronomy 10, 12, it says this, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, 
to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. God is calling for a wholehearted commitment to him. They were to fear God. This is that respect and this reverence that we have for God, to walk in his ways, to love him and to serve him, to keep his commands, to serve him with all of our heart and all of our souls. And what is the Lord asking us? He's asking for total surrender, a complete allegiance to him, to build a relationship with him. And that was another one of our seven disciplines that we had. It was spending time with Jesus, our relationship with him, spending time in God's word. Do you remember when you were dating or if you're dating now? What did you want to do? You wanted to spend time with that person because you wanted to get to know them. You wanted to love them more and you wanted them to love you. It's the same thing with God. He wants us to spend time with him, spend time in his word, grow closer to him, build on that relationship, know him better, know his character. And we do this for everything that God has done for us. And he's done so much for us, hasn't he? You notice that this message is not very complicated. God expects the same thing from us today. But sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard for us because we have other things pulling us in other directions. But Jesus reminds his disciples in Luke 16, 13 of this. He says, no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate one and love the other or else he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. They can't serve and we can't serve two masters. It's impossible for us to do that. Jesus is applying this truth about God and money, and he's warning them against they can't serve both, that they have a choice, and we have a choice as well. We have a choice that no one can serve two masters. Our loyalties must be undivided. We must be totally committed to Christ to fill our hearts with compassion and understanding our service for God and those that are in need around us. If you remember the first commandment, it says of the 10, you will have no other gods beside me. And if we have no other gods, that means we trust God in everything we do. If he's our Lord and he's our master, he's our king, we will love him and we will trust him and we will be devoted to him in everything that we do. Proverbs 3, 5 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It's about that heart condition that we have. Trusting God's word in everything that we do we will seek to please God and we will also despise anything that keeps us away from pleasing God in everything that we do. And since God created us to serve and he's called us to serve, then surely he has prepared us to serve. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become part of the body of Christ and we receive the Holy Spirit in us, and he helps us, he guides us, and allows us to serve. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4, it says this, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, 
but the same Lord. The different, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. God is at work in each one of us. He's preparing each one of us for kingdom work, for service to his kingdom. God has been so gracious to each and every one of us, hasn't he? God has been so gracious. Remember this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's how gracious he is to each and every one of us. And God has prepared a way for all of us who have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And God has equipped each one of us with the Holy Spirit and specific gifts and talents and abilities, but He expects us to use them to serve His kingdom for His glory. But we are created, we are called, and we're prepared. Because our God is a God of plans and a pattern. That's the title of this teaching He has a plan and a pattern for each one of our lives. He's been so gracious to us, and he tells us his purpose and his reason of why he wants us to serve him in Ephesians 4.12. In Ephesians 4.12, it says this, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's our purpose, to build up the body of Christ for his glory building up the body of Christ so that we will receive eternal rewards. And that reward is being with Jesus for all of eternity. As we get ready to close, we're created to serve. We were called to serve and we're prepared to serve. And we know the purpose of our serving. And we'll all serve someone or something. Jesus said we cannot serve two masters. The question is not, will you serve? The question is, whom will you serve? Who will you serve? Will you serve Jesus or will you serve yourself? Joshua's challenge goes out to us today, the same challenge that he had. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Amen. And I want to give you an opportunity today, if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, if you've never served him, I want to give you an opportunity. Or if you've just backslidden and you haven't been using your gifts to glorify God and to use them to build his kingdom, I want to give you an opportunity today before we take communion. So if you just bow your heads, and you want to receive the Lord, and you want to serve Him all the days of your life, just raise your hand. This is between you and the Lord. Yes. Thank you. I'll give you another 30 seconds. This is between you and God. To have that relationship for Him, to spend all of eternity with Him. Just pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord, I know that I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead, and I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and my life as my Lord and my Savior. I want to trust you and follow you and serve you all the days of my life. Lord, take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit to produce lasting fruit in my life to glorify you and advance 
your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.